0: The Legal Hour officially kicks off now. Our guest is Ali Alassad. He's Legal Manager at HPL, Yamalava. And Plethka. Ali, it's good to have you here.
1: Thank you for having me, I
0: You are very welcome. Now, we're going to come to... uh, We had a question last week. You'll remember this, Ali, which was a series of texts from uh, Ajay. So we're going to get Ajay on the line in a few minutes' time. But it was one of those questions that um, kind of uh, wandered down a few legal avenues. So we're going to come back to that. You've seen that question. If you do have a question, get in touch with us. 4001 or via the free app you can call in if you like Esther is at the phones at the moment 423 423- 1010 is the number. Legal Hour on Drive Live. That's where we are. Now, two topics to discuss today uh, before we kick off uh, with the legal questions. Ali, first of all, this is something that comes up a lot, isn't it? The terms, when you sign a sales and purchase agreement, an SPA as it's uh, commonly known uh, for your property, those terms to be aware of, the ability to read between the lines, understand what a common area is, what you're actually paying for in square footage terms, terms, the view that you may have, you may have paid a a premium to have a, a view for example what it means when uh, agreements refer to things like sounding e- surrounding areas. What are the terms that we need to be aware of and what do we need to understand?
1: So basically, uh, if you remember, we covered this topic before from the legal perspective, which means that like, you have to be sure that the developer is registered, that you are signing with the right party, the price, the rate per square foot. This stuff we already covered uh, before. But now we are covering another part, which usually people always tend to forget or not to focus on it a lot. For example, like, uh, you go and sign an SPA assuming that you are buying, for example, at like a flat that have like uh, access to the beach because maybe it's by the beachfront. Mm. So if you see the uh, SPA itself, it says that, for example, like this building is located in this area. And it, uh, recently we were approached by someone who have a similar situation where it says that this building is next to the beach and that developer will do their best to allow you to access the beach. Mm. A lot of investors, whenever they read this stuff, they just assume that, Okay, we have access to the beach with this unit, which is not the case. Right. Because a lot of time we have, for example, despite the building is next, like very close to the beach, but the beach is owned by someone else. We may have a different company, we may have an individual who own it. It's not always that public uh, ownership.
2: So if, if you do have one of these or you're thinking about buying one, what do you need to see in this agreement that would guarantee you access to mm-hmm. the beach?
1: It's a very good question. Basically, if you are buying the property, for example, usually with the SPA, you always have description of the common area. If you see that the uh, SPA clearly says that the beach front is owned by the developer and it's part of this project and it's part of your common area. And therefore you have, for example, like eternal access to it, then you're fine. But majority of the situation, what we see, like, you buy a flat, you go, you see the building, maybe not off-plan, something already, let's say, handed over. You see that the building is next to the beach, and you see that all the residents are just going to the beach and coming back, like, without any obstacles or without any restrictions. So automatically, people will have the assumption that, yes, we can do it. Well, whenever you see the SPA of the property they are buying, it shows that if you see, like, the map of the project, it doesn't have a beach. Despite physically on the, f- on the floor, you see it. There is a beach next to it. Well, actually, mm-hmm. it's not there. And if it's not in the SPA and it's not owned by the developer, then you cannot hold the developer liable for it, unless he tells you that he owns it and later you discover otherwise. But as long as the beach is not owned by the developer, and your SPA doesn't show that the beach is part of the project, okay, you may buy now, you may access the beach maybe like for one year, two years, maybe 10 years, 15 years, it's fine, until someone, which is the owner of the beach, will come and tell you, like, I want to use my right, as long as this is my property, you're not, gonna, I'm not going to let you in.
2: Okay, and can that be done, so if initially it is in the SPA, can then in a few years' time, can it be removed, or is that something that they can't do once you've made mm-hmm. that agreement?
1: If it's owned by the developer and it's part of the SPA, legally speaking, the developer should not be able to change the terms. But what we are talking about always is the fact that people will have assumptions because sometimes the SPA will have a, 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 some kind of reference to the beach but doesn't tell you you own it or you will have access to it. And that's creating a lot of problems.
0: I mean, even if a developer owns a beach, it doesn't mean you'll have free, unfettered access uh, for uh, any any kind of lengthy duration. It may be that in a year or two, there is a charge levied. Oh, yeah. That's entirely possible. But
1: that's basically, you will see it in the common area rules, for example. Usually mm-hmm. with the SPA, there's some kind of anonymous that always attached to it, uh, like the rules of the community. And 99% of the cases we see, there is a reference there that there will be a management company handling like the beach club or like the gym or the swimming pool. And this certain fee need to be paid towards these memberships so you can access these stuff. So that's what we recommend for people to read carefully. None of these will severely affect your benefit. You're not going to lose your property because of it, but it may severely affect your enjoyment and as a result, maybe the value of the property in the future.
0: Okay. Now let's look at common uh, areas, because this is something that we get text in very, very regularly about, uh, Ali. What's the wording that you need to look out for with common areas? Because very often people uh, buy uh, an apartment, and it is a certain square footage, square meterage, uh, but it doesn't seem to be that when they move in. And part of that has been eaten up by common areas.
1: Exactly, because a lot of time, for example, you see that uh, the SPA shows for example let's randomly speaking 100 uh, dirham or 500 dirham per square feet mm. so and your price is let's say two million so you will do the math okay my property will be that number of square foot yep. while people always miss the part that the area the total area you are buying is actually common area which means it include maybe the stairs it include maybe the common wall between you and your other uh, or your neighbor or m- maybe the car park sometimes so if you want to be sure about the size of the property you will be enjoying later be sure that you are signing net area, not Trumman or total or just area. Look for the word net. As long as you don't have the word net, then if your property ends up being smaller than what you anticipated, you may have a uh, like... A good case, at the core, sometimes we have a weak, weak one, but you will have always the uncertainty. But if you have the net, then your case is straightforward.
0: Mm. You've seen a number of cases like this, haven't you? We've seen a lot.
1: There's, a, there's been yeah. a drastic difference
0: between, yeah. um, you know, gross area and net area. Yeah,
1: because even the, uh, like uh, I don't want to tackle the point of like the surveyors, but even among surveyors, sometimes you may hear some uh, people who will tell you that. Common area, I mean, just like the joint walls of the building, for example. Some other, they will tell you, no, it includes also the car park and the swimming pool and the lobby or whatever other stuff. So every time you don't have that, you have the question mark.
0: Mm. Okay. Uh, The last one I wanted to ask you about just in this uh, part of the program is uh, to be aware of when you pay for a view. Obviously, Mm -hmm. lots of seafront properties here. We all Mm -hmm. want to be able to look out and gaze upon the ocean, but you do need to sign with care.
1: Uh, yeah sometimes for example uh, you will sign the spa for example you have two options for example unit type a type b type a is facing the beach type b is facing mm-hmm. just another building mm-hmm. you again like whenever you buy it and i understand that a lot of investors will do it in root face like yes i want to pay more to have sea view but something we need to be careful about also that okay this building is facing the beach but there is like an empty plot between you and the beach it will al- always remain empty that's 99 percent. It is not going to be the case so as long as long you are buying a property uh, in a building, let's say, or a villa, where the uh, plot surrounding you is not part of the community or the common area you are buying, you always have the risk that later, for example, you have, uh, um, for let's say, a sea view, or for example, you have a green area, out of a sudden it will be converted to another building, or maybe a tower blocking your entire view. In this situation, there is a v- very slight chance, or even like there is no chance that you can sue the developer for that unless he promised you that he owned the entire plot and he's not going to develop it but as long as just he's selling you c view in this project and the contract is silent about the surrounding areas it's not within his control so if later something will be developed and block your c view you have no recourse against the developer mm. so, so
2: it's current it's a current c view if you buy something it's something that's presently a c view uh, it's the best.
1: Speaking, yes and even like there is another uh, aspect to it uh, like they say "see view," but does the "see view" tell you, like, you see, like, how wide or how like, how wide your view will be? It will be like a partial one or a full one. Like, a, a lot of stuff happens there, and this will open another point. Sometimes, whenever you are going to buy, you see that there is some kind of a maquette or like a sample of the project showing that around you. There will be, for example, like uh, um, green areas, swimming pools, or like people having fun. There is always like a disclaimer with this stuff that this are for display only. Yeah, which means even sometimes they show you that there is furniture inside the flat. These are just for marketing tools. These are not uh, uh, mandatory terms that developer will be buying by, which means if I buy a villa now and as per the market, there was a garden next to it, and I it discovered that there is no garden, I mean, um, there's a good chance I'm not going to have a valid claim against developer for building the, the garden itself.
0: Yeah, how many of us don't have the uh, show house that we bought uh, at the time? Very often, down to our own <laughs> lack of taste maybe, I get you, but it is a very good point, isn't it? So it's just uh, the, this ability to uh, read between the lines. And the other side of this as well is if you have an agreement that you sign, and this is something that comes up every week without fail, is to read the agreement.
1: Exactly, read it and make the right conclusions, because sometimes like, whenever we are reading we tend to believe this, to read it the way how we would like to see it, mm. not the way how it should be uh, uh, seed or there, and uh, to be honest, like, I'm not saying that this stuff should like put someone off from buying because if you buy the property at the end of the day, okay, you buy the property for itself, the view is fine, but like with time you will, you will not gonna feel it that much, but just like. Prepare yourself. that If this view changed later, you don't feel the pain or that you don't feel that someone took advantage of you.
0: Mm. Just the case. That's how it is. Okay. Ali Alassad here from uh, HPL Yamalovat and Plethka. Questions that we're going to come to, actually. We'll be talking to Ajay in a few minutes' time with a uh, quite long legal query that came in last week that we didn't have time to get to. Plus, if you have a question, not just to do with property, uh, either you can call in on 431010 or text via the free uh, Android app uh, or uh, what's the other one? iOS app. That's what it is isn't it if you have it's an Apple Dubai- phone? Yeah. yeah, I know. The uh, free messaging app from uh, you can find out from your respective stores uh, or the usual tax number 4001. We want to hear from you.
3: Find us on Facebook. Tweet at Dubai I 1038 FM. It's Drive
0: Live.
4: In association with Wall Street, pay your Dubai police fines at Wall Street. Visit wallstreet.ae.
0: I can't decide which apartment to rent. Rent? Yes, rent. Why rent when you can buy? The time is now to make your dream home possible with a Mushrek mortgage, starting from 3.25% interest. For more details, call 4 424 SMS home to 4250, visit mushrek.com slash dreamhome, or walk into any of our branches. Terms and conditions apply. Mushrek we make possible.
2: Celebrate this World Environment Day by helping to make the world a little bit greener. If you work in renewable energy or sustainability, submit your entry for the Zayed Future Energy Prize. There's even a category for high schools. Submissions close July the 6th 2017. Visit ZayedFutureEnergyPrize.com
0: If you want Saturday sport, you want live games.
2: It's Arsenal one, Chelsea one, With 14
0: minutes to go! Headlines The loser of this will most certainly fall into that relegation play And debate. It is the talking point that has essentially dominated the entire season. When you want live Saturday sport, you want the grill. Join Tom Urquhart down at Barasti every Saturday from 3 until 6 as he and the team review the past week, including the highs, the lows and the unexpected. And Arsenal end the season on a winning note. Down at the grill, we're also giving away the biggest prizes. The lady from Brazil, Mariana, who is off to Wimbledon. How do you feel?
4: very, very very happy. (laughs) Well
0: done Mariana. (laughs) The grill talking all things
3: sport and live from Barasti every Saturday afternoon where the game is always on.
0: This is drive live on Dubai. I one Oh three point eight drive live uh, questions coming in now on four zero zero one um uh, question about landscaping i think that we'll come to uh, in a short while rich uh, also we'll come to your question uh, in a couple of minutes time rich text in just moved into the house i bought yesterday uh ali to be fair houses marketed off plan tennis court built trees planted pool opening in a couple of weeks nice few snagging issues and a few months late but basically a good experience uh, buying off plan Rich says, "Happy customer. Not all Dubai developers are dodgy, which is a nice thing to hear. Because generally, what we get in on this program is, I did this,' they didn't do this. There's very little uh, that is uh, complimentary to say very often, mm. you know." To be honest, like, uh, was the
1: issue of handover plan, uh, properties? We've seen like developers who are doing like remarkable job, like where like people will move in and they are really like uh, satisfied or happy about what they receive. Mm. And we've seen situations sometimes where, is, where there is defects. And to be honest, when it comes to the defects like i think personally like in our practice i've seen situations where like i've seen investors who are really pissed off about what they receive but to be honest not always they have the right to do it because sometimes like you receive something okay it's not 100% what you rec- what you planned for but maybe there is like very minor defects mm. and doesn't need like to take a fuss about it to terminate the agreement because of that some stuff need to be ratified uh, ratified maybe just uh, we need to follow the right approach we should know exactly when to send leading notices to a developer, when to amitably sorted, and when to really go to court for a proper case.
0: Yeah, sometimes it's not worth just jumping up and down, is it, over a, a light switch that has some uh, drip of paint on it, that kind of thing. Uh, Rich's experience, good experience there. Let's see if we can get Ajay online too. Sounds like he might be there now. Uh, Ajay, you yeah. texted in last week. I'm sorry we didn't get to the text. It was, uh, this is a reasonably long, lengthy story. Um, right. Ali's yeah. here listening. If you'd put your question to him.
4: Yeah, thank you, Tim. Thank you for calling uh, up today. Uh, yeah, uh, actually I had uh, bought a voucher through a holiday company here. Uh, they, they These vouchers were then redeemed for a holiday package in uh, Shenzhen uh, country. So it was in Central Europe. So in April I applied for the visa uh, 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 to one of the embassies there uh, in par- part of my itinerary. Uh, What happened later was uh, after four days of my application I received an email from the embassy saying that please provide us a valid and paid confirmed hotel reservation. Uh, uh, so on receipt of this email, I immediately contacted the holiday company and uh, they assured me that all my uh, itinerary is booked and paid for and uh, flights are reserved and confirmed. All the hotels in all the countries are booked so you need not worry about it, that's the voucher that you need to give and all our uh, past customers have gone through the same process. So I insisted on giving me a confirmation, a voucher, uh, 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 but they said that this is what they can provide. So I waited for one day. They didn't get back to me. So what I did was I... um, May printed out the same voucher and resend the uh, voucher to the embassy back. After four days, uh, embassy uh, uh, made a decision on my application, and I was sent an SMS on it that the decision has been made. When I went to collect my passport, uh, the just, uh, it said it was refused because justification for the purpose and condition of stay was not provided. So th- this was the refusal, refusal reason. When I contact the, contacted the holiday company again, uh, they denied the fact that uh, nothing was wrong with the voucher and all. So what I did was I personally called up all the hotel reservations uh, in Europe, spoke to each and every one of them. Uh, and uh, asked them to give me a confirmation in writing whether my hotel booking was done or not. So then I emailed them as well after my call. And out of four... uh, hotels in four different uh, parts. One of the hotels where I had applied for the visa replied back saying uh, we don't have any confirmation from the holiday company that you uh, approached. Uh, I insisted there is. Uh, I wrote, gave the voucher number and sent them the entire uh, communication between me and holiday company but they still uh, insisted that you need to sort it out. We don't have any reservation requests from them. And that was the embassy where I—that was the country where I had applied the visa for—and that was the hotel who uh, gave this response. Okay. How? Yeah.
0: Actually, sorry. uh, How how long ago was this? This is uh, obviously recent.
4: This is recent. I was. uh, uh, In fact, I I I should have been traveling this week (laughs) if the visa was through. Okay. So it was in May that it happened, uh, and this happened on seventh of May. The decision was made on seventh of May. And
0: the voucher was bought in March. Okay. Um, Ali, what can Ajay do in a situation like this? So basically, if we want to just simplify the matter to start
1: the explanation for it, basically you had an agreement with a travel agent to provide you like airline ticket and hotel reservation based on which you applied for the embassy to obtain the residency. And one of the requirements of the residency is to have a confirmed reservation for a hotel. Correct. I assume because of that you already maybe incurred some losses that you paid money for the tickets. Yeah, for so the, what
4: happened yeah. was now I, I have to cancel the tickets. The only mm-hmm. option they gave me was either you postpone uh, mm-hmm. uh, the tickets mm-hmm. for which I will be charged 800 per person. So we were three of us traveling or uh, 1,000 dirham for cancellation of and get mm-hmm. a refund. Uh, so uh, I couldn't reapply for it. So I did not mm-hmm. want to postpone the date because my dates were very clear and we, have, we had planned it mm-hmm. accordingly. So what I then did was told him to cancel it, uh, do a refund and uh, use the balance voucher for another trip uh, that may uh, that I may book for. So, but then I don't want to uh, uh, let go my three thousand grams uh, that easily.
1: Okay. So, whatever amount paid yeah. to the travel agency for the voucher or as trust to process your application, as long as your application at the embassy, if you can get an official proof that it was rejected because of lack of uh, reservation of a hotel. Then you may have a claim because uh, just in general, like whenever a visa is rejected, it can be rejected for like uh, unlimited number of reasons. Sometimes you may have all the requirements, but uh, another country may refuse to give you the visa. So if we can have a proof that the visa was rejected because of the lack of hotel reservation, which means like the travel agent you were dealing with, like they made some kind of misrepresentation by telling you they booked while actually they didn't. In this situation, especially if your travel agent is operating in the mainland. And if they are mm-hmm. licensed by the Dubai, uh, the Department of Economic Development of Dubai, in this situation, right. what we recommend, you approach this department and file a complaint against the travel agent. The, okay. There at the okay. DED, there is a department for uh, customer, or customer uh, protection. In this situation, you file yeah. a complaint, uh, you can do it online. From there, they ask you to submit whatever proofs you have. And from there, they will okay. communicate with the service provider. We tested this way, and honestly, it was quite successful before.
4: All right, fine. That sounds great. So I, I should initiate a process
1: there. Yeah, from there, they will get you an update. The DED will be in communication with the travel agent, and they'll try to sort it amicably. Maybe you will get a refund or maybe you'll get an alternative offer, but it's up to you to okay. agree at that time.
0: Okay. All Ajay. right, all right, fine. Thank uh, you. Sorry again, we didn't get to you last week, Ajay, but hopefully that's helped you. Thanks uh, for coming. Yeah, again. yeah. All Thanks the best. a lot. Thank,
4: Thank you. Thank
0: you. Bye. No matter your preferred communication, stay in touch with Drive Live. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Drive Live, the competition that's running at the moment on this program. A business lunch for two people at Mundo at Jumeirah Emirates Towers. A global gourmet journey through the Med, the Middle East, India and Asia at uh, Mundo. That's what you get. What does the Kareem mean in Ramadan Kareem? That's what we've been asking today. Text that through on 4001 via the free app if you would prefer. Put your name on there uh, and we're going to give away a business lunch for two people there. You uh, did that so much well.
2: smoother than I did. When I couldn't say glo- global? Glo- 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 global? Glo- global. Global. Global became
0: uh, a menu item at Global, it didn't did. it? It did. Yeah. It sounds
2: delicious. Just <laughs> just while we have a minute, I want to mention the levelling, the playing field. It's first of four, and the first one will be next week. Dubai Eye 103.8 and Jamira have joined together to create a business forum with a difference. Levelling the playing field is with Brandy Scott from Dubai Eye. It's a series of forums which will help Dubai's business women with the practical skills that Stats show can make a real difference in their working and financial lives. Kicking off the series on the 12th of June at Haima al-Bahar Al-Qasar Hotel in Madinat, Javira, Brandy will be there with a panel of experts talking about confident investing.
0: Is that the collective down for experts? <laughs> a, um, a pile?
2: <laughs> a, pa- a pile? Are you... Did I say pile? Uh, I, no, panel. that's
0: what I. Oh, panel. Oh, sorry. Oh, well. Uh, really what, we, what were you there.
2: saying about listening before? Yes, Yes, I know.
0: All right, then. Yes, I know. Mum, how's your list today? (laughs) Is that on the bottom of the list? Make sure he doesn't act like an idiot. Or is that the top of the list every day?
2: Yeah, that's just just in the studio for everyone to observe. (laughs) It's
0: it's etched. All right, then. Uh, It's Drive Live. We are in the Legal Hour at the moment. Legal Hour on Drive Live. (laughs) Oh, there are times. Ali Alassad's here, legal manager at HPL Yamalava and Pleska, still with us. Now, Ali, let me ask you about this second topic today that you wanted to bring up, the penal order. This is law number one of 2017, and essentially this is a way of... Um, i guess hastening misdemeanor uh, legal issues is, is that a reasonable way to, to speed up the process yeah basically that's how we
1: can describe it uh, mm. what's happening now like the authorities uh, aiming to reduce the uh, like the lengthy process that sometimes like some uh, minor offenses may attract to an individual and also what add a lot of uh, uh, burden or a lot of like uh, workload on the course mm. and in order to uh, it's that the process they came with this plan of uh, uh, penal order. The idea behind the penal order is what? That certain offenses that usually under the labor, under the penal code, are sanctioned by fine or jail or fine. Mm. These uh, offenses may benefit from the system, which means let's say we have an individual who will give one of the examples for uh, breached of trust. Not all the breach of trust. There are certain aspects of breach of trust, for example, like, one day you are sitting at your ho- in your home, out of a sudden you receive an SMS from your bank saying that 100,000 dirham was deposited in your account. Right. Which, despite you, you are not entitled for such amount, it just transferred to you by mistake.
0: Once you get aside the, the cheers and the happiness. Yeah, exactly. You have to do <laughs> All the right thing. And the old
1: brother's that 100,000 dirham just hit my account. Right. So basically, this is uh, a round transfer that happened to you by mistake. In this situation, the one who transferred the money have literally legally have the all the drugs to ask you to refund this money. Right. In the event you do not refund this money, this will qualify under breach of trust. And if you see, for example, in the penal code, uh, this uh, uh, action itself is penalized by a fine or jail. So in this situation, let's say it happened before the criminal order, the penal order system, you will be reported to police. You don't pay, uh, let's say they claim the money back, you don't pay it, you don't mm-hmm. refund them, they will report you to police. From there, the will, police will uh, coordinate with the public prosecutor or general attorney. There will be an arrest warrant against you. You will be arrested. You will be transferred to prosecution. Prosecution, they will review the matter. If they see that you're really guilty, that, for example, like you received the money with no grounds, and despite it was claimed from uh, the refund was claimed properly from you, you refused to make the refund, they will press charges against you. You will be transferred to court. Once you are at the court, depending on like the value of the amount, you may either have uh, received like a judge penal judgment against you for a fine or for like uh, let's say one month or two months in jail whenever the amount is a bit minimal the most probably the court is not going to give you a jail term they will give you a fine so, in order, as long as the matter will end up with a fine. So, to avoid having this process of like six, six months or seven months, and later appeal and testation, which may drag for one year, now the system of uh, penal order is established. So, whenever, let's say, you have a transfer, or let's say, I, I don't want to give like real figures because we don't, we didn't see it in practice yet. But in general, let's say, ten thousand dirham transferred to your account and you refuse to refund it, you will be called by the police, you will be arrested, and there you will receive a penal order from the prosecution. For example, your fine will be two thousand dirham. Pay it matter will be closed. That's the first step. Mm. So in this situation, within a very short time of period, you will end up having the same result as if you spend six months at the court until a judgment is issued. So that's the main idea behind the penal order. But just to clarify something, not all crimes that have penalty as fine or jail or fine will be subject to this penal order. There is yet a list to be issued by the General Attorney of Dubai enumerating the crimes or the violation that can benefit from the system. Right. So until this one is uh, issued, we have no confirmation exactly which are the crimes that will qualify. But this is just a sign that soon, like all the matters that are usually deemed by people or by the side that they are minor, however, a gradual and long court process, this will be reduced severely.
0: Okay, so it is a way of hastening the, uh, the way that the process works. Currently, and it is, uh, I, I guess in many jurisdictions, people would describe these as minor misdemeanors. It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a, a small claims court. In terms Uh, of the efficiency. If
1: we're not compared, yes, maybe in a certain way. But even here, we're not talking about judgment itself because uh, the penal order will be issued by the prosecutor, not by a judge. Which means you're not going to have hearings and tribunals and uh, claims and defense, none of that.
2: Maybe in the UK, it's more similar to a magistrate going before them saying this is what it it, is and then you can pay the money. But should hopefully clear up how busy the courts are as well really. uh, yeah
1: because sometimes you see that like, uh, cases like uh, worse uh, like a very minor set for example someone who stole a uh, near ear uh, earpiece or something that like he found it in the state he grabbed it while it ended up being belonging to someone else so this action usually will drag you in a long court process under the new system this one will be severely reduced
0: Okay, so that uh, should clear up uh, what that is trying to do. Law number one of 2017, it's known as the penal order. What about developers who sell on the basis of a community to be delivered, but then don't develop things like common areas in line uh, with those, like uh, paths, clubs, uh, and other facilities? And is asking that question.
1: Yeah, as we discussed at the end of the show, we need to go back to the SPA itself mm. to see exactly when you signed the SPA, what you were actually buying. Or, uh, for example, are you actually buying, like, share in this, like, gym and, like, park or, like, green areas or just some kind of, like, uh, uh, marketing tool or more, like, a general explanation of uh, how the project is anticipated to look like? So we need to see the agreement itself. From there, we can tell you whether you will have, like, a, a valid claim against the developer for these defects, like, between brackets or no.
0: Oh, and the thing is, you said earlier that you know if you uh, buy somewhere that says claims to be next to the beach, uh, it's really up to interpretation, isn't it? If you say, I could say to you, I live, I live really close to the beach. It's only about a mile and a half. So you know, I could sell my house. Well, not that I own it, but I could sell my house on the basis that I live really near the beach. And it's, you know, it's a five-minute drive away from the beach. But I mean, these are the things that you, the, the perception is one thing. And the way that they're marketed... Uh, is in line with that because
1: we have the perspective the perspective we have the marketing and we have the leader the leader is the one that will tell that like, the legal wording of the or the legal better of the document will tell you whether you have a claim or no all the other stuff are more like as you said some kind of assumption or like beliefs or something mm. which is non-binding in general. And we're we
0: back against a reading agreements.
2: Yeah, we have another text in from Fitzpatrick. This is also a property one. He says, Hi Ali, one of my friends bought a hotel apartment. However, the building is not being operated as a hotel apartment. Instead, it's being operated as an ordinary residential building and the returns are not the same as marketed. Can my friend now pull out of the management agreement with no penalties or, or would they have to stay in that agreement?
1: Basically, here we have to see that whenever we're talking about agreement, we need to see that the obligation and the rights of each party. Let's say the management company that have some kind of like assumption that uh, we will be renting your flat as a um, uh, service apartment or a hotel apartment and we guarantee for you, for example, a turnover of X amount because we've seen these agreements. If w- this is the case, then we believe that there is a uh, claim in general. But in the event we see, and that's also something we see in the practice, that uh, you buy a property and the SPA will say that we have a plan to bring that like, hotel operator to manage the building and stuff. That will be a different part because we try, but it's not something as binding as the previous scenario.
0: Okay, Eliel Assets here from Yamalibar in Pleska. Let's go to line three. Sam, good afternoon. Hi,
3: good afternoon to you. How are you, Tim?
0: Good, thank you. How are you doing?
3: Uh, still alive and kicking
0: on (laughs) it's the important (laughs) thing sometimes isn't it breathing in and out that's what you got to think every morning um sam you got a question about your uh chiller management company is that right
3: yes um i rented an apartment just uh, like two three months ago Uh inside uh, am i allowed to name the locations
0: uh just say whether it's a a villa or a flat or something like that it's a flat it's a
3: flat it's a flat um here in dubai though um The thing is that when i rented the apartment i was made to give a security deposit for a chiller separately the renter's security deposit as well to the landlord and i meant to i was made to write checks for the complete 12 months uh for the chiller fixed amount every month i have to pay that i agreed upon i paid i gave them the check i gave them my security deposit and everything and were post-dated
0: checks, Sam, sorry? For yes, the PDCs, yes, PDCs, 12-month
3: okay, yeah, right. PDCs, 12 months PDCs right. for, for the rent and for the chiller, yeah. fixed amount. Now, one month down the line, I received an email from the new management that has taken over the chiller. And the management said that based on their record, that they seems to not have any record of me registering with them, that they're giving me a certain time to register with them. Or else they would, disconnect, they would disconnect my chiller. I contacted the real estate that I rented the apartment from. I said, look what's going on, what shall I do? They said, go ahead and register. I said, uh, okay, if I'm going to register, I will require back the deposit that I gave to you guys, my checks with you guys, and I'll hand over to the chiller. I'm in the chiller company. Now, why don't you just hand over to the chiller company? I don't need to get involved. I sign the papers. You go and handle it. That's my real estate company. Mm. They said, no, that's it's my business. It's my problem. I should handle that uh i felt a little bit bad i said okay fine i'll take care of that i went to the really uh to the chiller company and they said you have to pay us your security deposit i said my landlord or the real estate we hand over the security deposit to you guys they called them up the real estate company said we will not release the security deposit to you you pay another one from your pocket and let's see, later on we we'll see we we'll talk to the landlord to talk to him and convince him to release the, the chiller deposit back to you. I said why why do I have to pay again another security deposit when I have already with you? I don't need the money back. Why don't you just go give it to the Chile company by yourself? They said, No. Do I have any right here to fight Uh, Kind of to get uh, do I have anything right any right here to speak to any management or any RERA or something to help me out here or do I have to pay it all over again? Is it my right or no?
0: Okay, Ali.
1: Okay, so basically from what you described to us We believe that the problem you have is now between you and your landlord and your uh, real estate company. It's not about the uh, uh, chilling services provider So the provider is asking for the deposit which you have the right to do it so, as I understood, yes. you already paid the deposit for the Chilling Services to your broker, to the real estate agent, right? Was the check yes. in their name or in the name of the landlord?
3: In the name of the landlord. In the name of and the apper- landlord. And apparently, landlord is not picking anybody's call. Mm-hmm. In fact, they gave me the landlord's number and said, deal with him directly. I said, why do I have to deal with the landlord? I paid you guys uh, agency fee mm-hmm. for, for servicing me and taking care of all this. Why do I have to deal with the landlord? Even the real estate company doesn't pick my calls anymore. I have to go there by myself to meet them face to face I say, what is going on? Why are you guys treating me like this? Mm-hmm. You talk to the landlord. Talk to him. If he picks your car, good, good luck to you. Okay. Where do I stand here?
1: Okay, first of all, let's confirm whether the charts were really handed over to the landlord or no. So ask your uh, property agent or the broker to provide you a proof that they already handed over this charge to the landlord. That's step number okay. one. Step number two, okay. in the event... Uh, now we believe that living without chiller, especially now we are coming to the summertime, it might be a bit hard or not going to be a pleasant experience. So what you can do, what we recommend that you pay the chilling, the fees to the chilling company so you at least you enjoy the property. And after that, you file a case against the landlord because the landlord has the obligation to provide you a property that you can benefit from. So as long as you pay them the chilling fees, especially if these are addressed in the tenancy contract, and it says that you will pay him and he'll provide you the service, then as long as mm-hmm. you pay them and he didn't provide the service Then he's in breach So in this situation you can claim compensation from him And the compensation will be basically whatever you paid To the uh, Chilean company Plus like, we can add some uh, uh, moral damages to it But with like, a reasonable uh, amount And from there mm-hmm. you will have a case At the RDC against the landlord R- RDC which is the Rental Dispute Center Which is part of FREERA and the Land Department mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In this also. situation If you end up with a judgment money Against the landlord let's say the court rent you have a compensation of 5000 dirham next year whenever you want to pay the rent to the uh, either like your landlord will pay it in cash on you to you or whenever you have uh, the tenancy uh, contract you uh, with him you pay him the rent minus the value of the judgment
0: so okay
3: awesome does thank that you help so us, much. Sam? you so made my day. That's, that's perfect that's lovely i think i'll i'll go take care of it and see what we can do later on. all
0: right all the best let us know how you get on sam thank give you. us a call back
3: thank you very much i will i will all do right. that thank you very much have uh,
0: wonderful And you. That's another call. Uh, hopefully uh, that goes uh, in the direction Sam wants it to. Um, we are going to uh, come back with another couple of questions. We've got space for one or two questions. If there is a legal issue that's bothering you at the, at the moment, it's nagging at you, it's gnawing, away at the bottom of your brain. Get in touch with us, 4001, via the free app, or you can call in if you like. Uh, Esther's at the phones, 423-1010, as ever, is the number. We want to hear from you. Find us on Facebook. Tweet at Dubai Eye 1038 FM. Drive live, and it is the legal hour. Your last chance to get a question in on 4001. The free app is uh, available there to text for no money. Also, uh, you can call us, 04-423-1010. Hanan is backwards and forwards, is at the phones this afternoon Uh, and Ali Al-Assad is our guest on the Legal Hour today Legal Hour on Drive Live Ali is from Yamalava and Plaska. We've been talking about the Penal Order, Law Number 1 of 2017. we are talking about sales and purchase uh, agreements, SPAs. And the one point that's come up here is when you're looking at your sales and purchase agreement, it's uh, rather more than look at it, it's read it very carefully so that you understand exactly what's going on, as we should with all agreements. Who in this room, let me ask you, read their employment contracts? Okay, that's... Uh, <laughs> Ali, you don't count. No, that's, that's sure. cheating. <laughs> you're, the, you're the legal man, so you should have done it. <laughs> the the glance. point is, a cursory glance, most of us don't. And if you're buying a house, mm-hmm. probably the most expensive thing you're ever going to buy, uh, read the sales mm-hmm. and purchase. You week. might
1: be paying like, your life savings for it. Sure. Spend yeah, something
0: exactly. That's the point. Um, here's a text in from Abdi. I closed my loan with the bank. I paid all the money after uh, the after one month. The bank deposited sixteen thousand dirhams, saying the refundable amount after closing uh, the loan. That was uh, the amount. Okay, uh, I took it and used it. Surprisingly, the bank called me a year later, telling me it was deposited wrongly, and I was only supposed to get sixteen thousand. What should I do? Asks Abdi. This sounds like breach of trust.
1: So basically, whatever amounts go to your account and you are not entitled for it, our recommendation it back.
0: Mm.
2: But a year later? Uh,
1: usually for misdemeanors, we have a statute of limitation of five years, so... Yeah,
0: sounds like it to me. Uh, it sounds like that may have been uh, perhaps an Islamic loan. I'm not sure. But I uh, closed an Islamic loan, and the bank gave me back some of the interest that I had news used because I paid it early.
1: Okay, uh, as long as in this situation, uh, that's what I was saying. If you are sure that this money is not yours, refund it. In mm. the event you believe that there are certain terms in the contract where you will be legally entitled for this amount, better to review your uh, agreement either by yourself or by a law firm or by a lawyer, whoever, mm. so to give you the advice whether you are really entitled for this money or not.
0: Okay. But if you're
1: not entitled, pay it back. All right.
0: Can tenancy contracts be made every year? Simple question.
1: So uh, if we're talking about Dubai, the tenancy contract can be for uh, like uh, one year. But upon the expiry, even if the contract itself says one year only and not non-renewable, this is not a problem. The tenant have the right to renew automatically.
0: Okay, but the tenancy contracts in general, um, as I understand it, they just roll and they roll and they roll. Exactly. Until notification is made on either side.
1: Exactly. Uh, for, if we say the termination of the tenancy contract, let's say, by the landlord, usually no contract will expire just because it reached the expiry date, because the law provides for automatic renewal. Mm. And for the tenancy contract to be terminated, the law enumerates specific situations unless one of these situations will happen no tenancy contract will be renewed uh, unless ad- of course both parties agree on but a- by one uh, will party you need to meet one of the requirements of the law which is let's say the landlord want to move in for personal uh, use or for example let's say the property is being sold or it need to be uh, severely maintained oh, that's one set the other set that allows you to cut the tenancy contract in the middle is for example the tenant is not paying the rent or for example there is some kind of illegal sublease or the property is misused for like whatever uh, illegal activities but for all these scenarios there's steps to be taken there are certain notices to be delivered for certain time and some of them need to be served in a certain way Mm. so unless you follow this stuff tennessee is not going to be terminated
0: what is acceptable now when you serve notice for example if we are talking about the notice
1: uh, for eviction let's say we have a tennessee contract and the landlord would like to take it back so he want to move in by himself or his son want to move in Mm. in this situation you have to send a 12 months legal notice which means You have to sell the notice 12 months at least before the expiry date or the eviction date of the property. And this notice needs to be sent in writing. And you need to have a proof that you delivered to the tenant. If you miss one of these stuff, your notice will be invalid. And because of that,
0: the tenant will be in for another year. So that could be by courier. It could be personally delivered. It could be by Uh, courier.
1: Usually the, the law for it, it says either notary public or registered mail. But some, the issue of registered mail, there is a lot of confusion about it. Sometimes uh, you have someone who sends, for example, like by any of the uh, mail companies and he mm-hmm. receives a delivery report saying delivered. But delivered doesn't mean that the other party received it. Maybe it just dropped in his P.O. box. Mm-hmm. So we always recommend to do it through the notary public because there you will receive an official report saying that bailiff name X went on that day, met X person and he handed over to him.
2: And also, if they want to sell the property, is the lead-in period the same?
1: Uh, yeah, it's 12 months also for the sale. And also, not just the notice. In this situation, you need the notice, plus you need to show the court a proof that you are serious about the sale. It's not just you send a notice and you forget about it.
2: Okay, we've just had a, a late text in, but nice one, just in time. Someone says, in Sharjah, a tenancy is renewed for three years, but my building wants to do it every year, and that's so they can increase the rent. Is that valid?
1: Again, any term in the contract that's against the law, even if you sign it, is not going to stand valid.
0: Okay, that's the legal hour for today. Ali al-Assad, as ever, uh, our guest this afternoon. Ali's uh, legal manager at HPL, Yamalava and Pleska, answering the questions. Um, Ali, always good to talk to you. Thank you again.
1: Our pleasure.